there are just the nine reasons to hang with us today as we recover from the red mist with you on the Football Ramble. It's Wednesday the 3rd of February. I'm Kate Mason. I'm Luke Moore. And I'm Pete Donaldson. So yes, in the end, guys, we decided against the 60-minute recording of Luke Moore chuckling. But only well, you, after did, you two did. I didn't, I didn't. I didn't agree to that. But it was passed by a majority vote. Very, very busy night for Luke Moore on Twitter. You know when you log back into Twitter on your mobile phone and it sort of says, um, "Luke has tweeted a million times." Tonight. That's pretty much. Do you know what? Last night I was lying in bed, just like you make me feel so young. <laughs> it was amazing. I feel I feel eighteen again, Pete. I'll put my crowded house T-shirt on. That's how young I feel. It's an amazing, it was a great night for Moa. Time. It's the Southampton fans out there. I will sympathise and I will say yes. I totally concede. It is slim pickings out there if you report to a fan at the moment. Although they did win mm. last night in League One. <laughs> that means I can put everything out the way and just enjoy what I saw at Old Trafford. And I had a bloody lovely time. I don't think in these straightened times we're living through, anyone would begrudge me it. It was a fantastic experience and I would love to do it again. <laughs> would you say there's any other person or football team that makes you feel as much joy in their <laughs> suffering? Uh, well, to be, to be honest, do you know what? I would say I, I do feel sorry for Ralph Hasenhutl because I think, you know, maybe we'll come on to this. I think his players let him down. I think I know he's got a difficult situation with the players he had missing. And, you know, look, it's, 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 it's fascinating for a number of reasons, but I still would think it was fascinating even if it wasn't Southampton that got mm. beat. I mean, a team losing 9-0 in the Premier League just shouldn't happen. And I'm sure mm. we talked about it last time it happened, also to Southampton. <laughs> uh, so, so I think to me, it's just a case of, yes, it is hilarious. And yes, I do WhatsApp my friends who support Southampton. Instantly. <laughs> uh, but I, I maybe think about what's the cut-off. I, mean, I don't know what you feel, Pete, but what's the cut-off where you think this is, uh, this is, this is special? Because five nil probably isn't special. It's five. It's probably I no, guess five, not in the Premier whatever. League, it's especially this season where you do yeah. see a lot of absolute trouncings. I think it was like halfway through when um, somebody posted on Twitter that um, Rashford had scored more goals than Eric Cantona. And I thought, wow. all right, that'll be the story of the night. That'll be the story <laughs> yeah. of the night. But it was a bit of a perfect storm, wasn't it? Like United were irresistible uh, in attack, and Southampton just looked like they hadn't worked on a nine-man formation, which a lot of teams <laughs> have to do. You know, yeah. Like, yeah. But we, we saw. We I think. I can't remember, I think Marcus maybe uh, when he saw us a little while ago sort of said that he, he saw Chelsea in training and they were working on a nine-man formation against 11. And so they were like, they would work out how to go on sort of raiding missions to look like they're actually going to try and score a goal huh. while only having nine, 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 nine people in, in the team. So it just looked like they hadn't really remembered any of their training about what happens when you lose one player or what happens when you lose two players. I mean, can I, I also just say that um, Jankovic, who got sent off, oh. <clears throat> making his um, making his first start in the Premier League for Southampton. Yeah, um, mm. I am fairly certain, and people could pull me up on this if I'm wrong. I'm fairly certain I read a news story last week from his agent moaning that he wasn't getting enough game time. <laughs> <laughs> so maybe Bless it was him. a stitch up of some kind. I don't know how they uh, how they cause yeah. it to be a stitch up. <laughs> it was a poor challenge, was, Kate, wasn't it? It was an extremely poor challenge. Yes, indeed. <laughs> this is Manchester United's nine nil win against Southampton, the worst re- result in Southampton's history. 
since last season, obviously. Uh, Ralph Hasenhutl's yeah. fa- face on the sidelines. He sort of wore the slack-jawed amazement of a man yeah. whose favourite pet has been killed and reanimated by a taxidermist in a crude <laughs> and embarrassing shape. It was exactly like that. In the volume of his, of his answers, given that there's got to be some element of social distancing involved anyway, mm. was... I mean, it was. I, look, I do. Feel, I do actually genuinely feel sorry for Hartsnoodle because I can. I think if you're a football fan and you watch your team get beaten at Old Trafford, they're in. A, they may not have been decent form. They've got good players. You can accept it. Mm. Yeah, to lose that. No team should lose by that many in in, in in when they share the same division as them. And the, and the manager really at that point can't do anything about it. Like, I, I genuinely don't know what what he could have done. Peter yeah. alluded to it. They had players sent off. They had a lot of players missing. And he just stands there absolutely helpless. He must have felt like the loneliest man in the world. Yeah, they went to Old Trafford, Southampton, of course, with nine first-team players out injured. But as you say, Luke, it's it's impossible to know, really, what impact he was able to have at the point where... I can't even remember. Was it was it six nil at half? No, 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 no. It was four nil at half time. And by the time it got to six nil, it was almost like it was just careering to... Because of the bloody Leicester game, which I thought we just, you know, got over mentioning constantly, it just felt like it was careering inevitably towards another nine nil. And what other team can you watch and say that or think that in the Premier League? <laughs> it, it, the but, thing yeah. about the Premier League is that narrative just kind of overtakes sometimes, and it's like once it got to about five, you're like, I mean, they could go on. Manchester United were scoring some. I know it was a rout and I know it was ridiculous, but Man United scored some very, very good oh, goals yeah. in this in, in that match. Some real quality there. But I mean, I just feel sorry. Like Kane Ramsey's first start uh, in the Premier League, he, he, he obviously fresh from his his loan spell. Not even obviously, to be honest, because it's Kane Ramsey. Nobody talks about Kane Ramsey. <laughs> um, but he, uh, you know, fresh from the shrews. But I think he probably would have uh, preferred to have uh, just remained there for this season. To be honest, I, 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 also, so, I mean, and they really they really focused on him as well because they saw him as a as an inexperienced weak link and they were just irresistible and awful to Southampton. Um, <laughs> I loved I loved that um VAR felt like it needed to take another look at that Yankovic challenge. <laughs> so we all completely <laughs> lost our minds. Like, we, we, I know that VAR is coming and it's been part of the uh, narrative as you, as you said and, and you know and it's tedious. But yeah. I mean, I think sometimes I, I know I know that automatically, I guess it has to be looked. I at, don't want to I mean, be boring about this, but yeah, they do automatically. Be, right? It's not a case of like, on the seem... on the merit of that challenge. Oh, is there some doubt <laughs> about whether this is a red card or not? Do you know, should we leave it because it's only the second minute? Perhaps we could just give him a bit of a a let off in this one. I mean, I just this... don't think a young man needs to see it again. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> he knows what he's done. He knows what he's done. <laughs> it was an incredible night of football. It, it really was incredible. And, and you know, I mean, Ole Gunnar Solskjaer was saying, you know, my team are really hungry for it. They wanted more goals. And, Kate, I think there's something in that about the old, the inevitability of it rolling towards um, rolling towards uh, a 9-0, like a car that you've left the handbrake off that's almost certainly going to go mm. over the cliff and there's nothing you can do to stop it. It felt, it felt strangely psychological. Because yeah. if you look at it, I think there were three goals scored in the last few minutes. I mean, mm. 6-0 mm. is bad, but no one's <laughs> going to be... Yeah, look, I don't think I don't think anyone sets out to lose a game six 0 Six 0 Let's be clear on this. Six 0 is bad. Yeah, yeah, That's yeah, the kind of insight be, that we're offering you. But it's not <laughs> seismically bad. I expect your resignation first thing tomorrow. Bad, and mm. and so it, it just felt weirdly psychological, as I say. And uh, and yeah, so it was a fascinating, fascinating thing. And and even if you have no skill in the game at all, now of course I enjoyed it. 
for the reasons we've stated, but you guys probably had no skin in the game, but it's still fascinating to watch, isn't it? It's like you can't take mm. your eyes off it. Mm. It's, it's, in many ways, it's as fascinating as an amazing back and forth 4-3 um, kind of win for either team because it, it kind of puts me in mind of that, that game in the World Cup between Germany and Brazil. You're just sitting there thinking, what is happening? Like, What is going mm. on? The human element of it just comes to the fore and you start thinking so many things uh, to, to, to think about. And so many teams in the Premier League, they, they find themselves sort of 3-0 up, 4-0 up at half-time, and you think, wow, this could get really messy. Yeah. And it just stays. It just stays 4-0, or maybe it's 5-1 or something like that. So, yeah. and, and the team come back in, in the second half. I just, I, I mean, is it better than their previous 9-0? I think I would posit that it is. I think it is a more understandable. They had injuries. They had two sendings off. They Manchester United were incredible. And so you do sort of think... it. it it's probably maybe it won't exact a, a turn around in, in in Southampton's fortunes against Newcastle this weekend. <laughs> <laughs> they can't believe their luck. They no, cannot believe know, their right? luck. <laughs> but Pete, you're right. It is more understandable for the reasons that we've talked about. But I'm very happy to sit here debating the relative merits of the, the of different nine nils. The fact that we've got a different nine nil to choose from now is very enjoyable yeah. for me. It's good to corner the market in something, I guess, if you're a, yeah. mm. a mid-table Premier League team. Um, yeah, no, Hassan Hootel said he thought this was the worst of the two nine nils. My God, <laughs> what a question to be asking. I imagine as a, as a, as a German speaker, he's probably saying nine quite a lot during yeah. that match. <laughs> yeah, and I also think if you, you know, at some point, if you, if you go right when it's raw, I think the most recent breakup is always the most painful. I mean, it just <laughs> happened. I don't think he's looking at the, in, the, in the sober light of Dispassionately day. Dispassionately trying to analyse yeah. what the comparative merits he, of the various finals. I also think of him as being like, he's obviously a very good manager. I, I sincerely believe that, regardless of what happened last night. And I also think that he's quite a a dominating character and he seems an impressive human being in his field and I think the thing that made me feel most sorry for him last night was that you could see that he wanted to be angry and get mm-hmm. pissed off but he realised that he couldn't really get angry about anything to do with the people's questions because it was perfectly fair and so at one point <laughs> he just went yeah well Oh, you've got your story. You've got your story. <laughs> yeah, it's quite hard Enjoy to change it. the message on a story of a 9-0. Although, did we feel as though yeah. in the studio there was a sort of message changing during the, the coverage? Yeah. In the sense that, I mean, there was an interesting-ish uh, VAR situation, I guess, that you could have gone into the Shea Adams goal that was ruled off in the 54th minute, an amusingly tight VAR call on Fred's knee that I still can't understand how it was offside. Yeah, and I mean, that that's a goal, clearly, you know, that would not have changed the course oh, of the game. Could have but turned was, the tide, Kate. You was, for the other, <laughs> was for the other side. But it was intriguing to me how they spent such long time on on the VAR chat well whenever they start whenever they start a VAR chat they always sort of go on telly they always go well we have to talk about the VAR decision don't have you to don't, talk about yeah, it you're in charge of this whole thing <laughs> my theory on that and then what you're referring to I suppose is the um, is the, the the fact that at 6-0 which is I mean 6-0 for goodness sake there's a penalty decision which involves Bednarak who had one of the worst nights at any office I've ever seen um, <laughs> excuse me have you any, seen his- in, you didn't have him in your team, did you, in the fantasy? You got minus seven in fantasy minus Premier League. I've never seen that before. Seven. I've never seen that before. <laughs> uh, and um, they were talking, they obviously, for those who didn't see the coverage on, 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 on the TV, they, they talked a lot about that VAR decision. And I think my theory is it's because it's ex-players, right? 
if you saw Rio Ferdinand, he was talking about how you could see he was thinking how upset he would be, and he started talking about if he was defending now, this is how he would do it. Mm. And they get so mm. into it that they end up doing ten minutes on some VAR decision at six 0 which I just thought was absolutely astonishing. I mean, the, the story is that a team have been beaten 9-0 in the Premier League. I know everything feels a bit surreal at the moment. I know we're living through strange times. We get that. But it's a 9-0 game. You've got to talk about that. You've got... I mean, I, I don't remember what the coverage was like when they lost 9-0 the last time because me and Pete were on stage at a venue in Newcastle where people were just shouting out every time another goal went in because we were doing a live show. It was absolutely <laughs> surreal. But to me, it felt like it missed the mark last night because the big story is a 9-0 defeat, you know? Yeah, sometimes you've got to really hunt around for what your line is on a game of football, haven't you, guys? And you're like trying to work out what are we going to talk about on this? It's too difficult. There's some niche little thing and you've got to dig into the weeds. But really, in a 9-0 against Southampton, you, you probably don't need to be too esoteric with what you decide to discuss. No. They're confusing sort of being uh, contrary with uh, being learned I think in many ways they're sort of going right well we've got to pretend that we know what we're talking about <laughs> so let's talk about um, something that, that is clearly not the focus that anybody else has the VAR decisions at a ridiculous uh, a ridiculous 6-0 position yeah. yeah it was it was it was a, anyway look it was an astonishing game I think you know is it is it getting to the point now where everyone's going to get a chance to beat Southampton 9-0 I don't know so <laughs> I certainly hope that would be the case and if it could if my old, if my old mate uh, Pete Donaldson could get in on the act next time they play, that would be fantastic. However, I yeah. think that is unlikely. I would. <laughs> so you don't think it's going to be two consecutive nine nillers? Well, I, I mean, the thing is, no one's really talking. From what I can see, no one's really talking about Harsen Hutter and his job and everything, and no one's really saying, "Oh, well, they've lost two nine nils now under under Harsen Whereas actually the reaction from what I remember the first time around was like look he's, I mean, really he's got to go right yeah, yeah but he didn't right so it's um, it's quite interesting how well he's obviously regarded at the club and I do think that's that's right actually I, I think you know if you, if you get your tactics wrong and you lose three or four nil and it happens a lot and you think hang on a minute are the players kind of understanding what he's trying to do are they playing for him etc etc you lose a player in the first half, a first minute you've got a lot of players out injured you're at Old Trafford you know it's a difficult situation the players just they they just piled in basically, and I don't really think you can blame the manager for that. So I, I kind of understand it. Everyone wanted a piece of the action, and fair enough. Uh, mm. Luke, do you feel as though you've exercised the enthusiasm that you had for this? I think Are I might more... do a. Um, what I might do is if people go over to our Patreon, patreon.com forward slash football ramble, I might do a fourteen-hour live stream about it, <laughs> <laughs> and you... everyone could just get involved. You could do thirty minutes on every single minute of the game. Easily. And then Easily. just really build up the analysis to a fever pitch of excitement. <laughs> I thought when, when Luke Shaw whipped one in for Aaron Wan-Bissaka to score, I thought, oh. we are on here. This, is, <laughs> this doesn't happen very often. We are on here. <laughs> uh, well, I'm glad you enjoyed it. Um, any Southampton fans still listening? Do we have Southampton fans on the Ramble? <laughs> I hope so. Um, sorry about that. Interested to yeah. hear what you, what you think, I guess. Blame um, your team. But yeah, fair enough. I mean, I guess that is the only answer. Apparently also, Jankovic's handed actually in a, a transfer request uh, just before that game. So 
I don't know what to read into that. Poor, I, I feel imagine kind of, that will now be accepted. I feel kind of sorry for him. <laughs> you know, he's, only, he's only a young lad and he had an absolutely bizarre shocker that changed the course of everything. But anyway, there were three other games, uh, Luke, I'm sorry to say, last night. And actually, apologies to Peak, because one of them featured Newcastle. Mm. Um, let's have a little glance into Sheffield United's big win against West Brom. Two on the final score there. Sheffield United now just a point behind West Brom. I don't know about you guys, but up until now, I'd sort of felt like they had relegated themselves ages ago. <laughs> I'm loving it. Could I'm they loving be this on Phoenix the march the here, Pete? Yeah, I just, I, look, I, I think um, I, I, I really felt sorry for, for Ramsdale. He's got this kind of reputation of sort of parrying uh, goals into into the path of, of strikers and... and um, that amazing, possibly offside save at one all, probably going to give him a bit of confidence because he's, he's, he has been good recently, but he has been criticised the, the first half of the season. So I think th- th- there's nothing to stop uh, Sheffield United um, turning this round, possibly. You know, some teams are, are dropping like a stone, like Newcastle United, and, and you know, you've got a striker who's, who's putting them in the back of the net, Billy Sharp, who obviously uh, was in League One about three seasons ago. And um, it's 34, so, yeah. guys. Hopefully. For us, well, mm. hope for me, I guess, if I was to become a <laughs> Premier League player. It's, an, it's an interesting situation because like, I think we talked about this before and we talked about how Sheffield United were probably not as good as they showed last season, but they kind mm. of got you know, got away with it and, and they did mm. really well. And you couldn't take anything away from them because, you know, the points are the points. But a lot of people, I think, felt that they weren't quite as good as they showed. And I think this season it's the opposite. I don't think they're as bad as people have said. I, I, I was saying um, about a week ago that I think 11 of their defeats of mm. the um, 17 they've got were by the odd goal and yeah. they've won three yeah. of their last six now and of course statistically and, and historically it is a suicidal take to say oh yeah they're going to get out of it because statistically there's there's very very little chance but the season we're in you just never know and, and I, th- I, th- I think um, beating, a team, you know, beating a team around you like West Brom is massive I know it's a cliche but it always is absolutely huge because it has so many other requisite benefits than just a, a win and I particularly loved um, I mean Sam Adice sticking the boot in at Slavon Bilic for absolutely no reason before <laughs> the loving game loving money in, yeah, in this, yeah in this kind of transparent attempt to try and get deflect the, um, the attention from himself and his team's poor performances and he ended the quote by saying I, there's no way I'm going to go to China and do it for the money. I want to be in the best league in the world. Well, listen, Big Sam, you are going to be in the best league in the world next season. I guarantee you that. The fucking championship. <laughs> unless you quit, which you probably will. <laughs> um, yeah, not to freak anybody out with a bit of football nerdism, but the point about Sheffield United is that they're, they've been the, mo- the most underperforming of their XG up until quite recently of yeah. any team mm. in the Premier League. Um, and so, and much like Tottenham, when they were, had that period of time where they were top of the table, they were overperforming performing their XG by a ridiculous amount and so basically right. effectively it's all levelled itself out to form and the reason I mention XG and I apologise is because that's just supposed to be the, one of the best predictors of form for the period of the season No I think it's right from, from an elongated mm. period I think it's a really, really helpful start I think I think when you look at it just as, as one off games it's not that um, not that interesting But It's like hey, looking at Billy Sharp's running stats apparently he's the quickest player in the Sheffield United team yeah. and that's why I don't agree with stats quite frankly that's, that's that, is over, that is over a very short uh, space of uh, space that, that reminded me, Pete, of um, we used to, Portsmouth used to have a play. He played for Newcastle as well. Uh, Mickey Quinn, striker back in mm. the eighties, and uh, he always used, he was like he, we. 
Portsmouth fans used to sing, he's fat, he's round, he's worth a million pound, Mickey Quinn, because right? he was a big, mm. he's a big unit. Yeah, he did, yeah. And he he always used to say, his response to that was always, you say, yeah, look, I'm, I'm bigger, I'm quite big and stuff, but I'm actually <laughs> the quickest player in the league over a yard. <laughs> <laughs> That's just momentum. Yeah, exactly. So, Billy Sharp, do you reckon they're measuring it over what, like a, a one of those school 30 centimetre wooden rulers? Yeah, I don't, I don't know how they're doing yeah. it, but I don't think they're doing it right in my opinion. When you get, when you get the top, <laughs> when you get the fastest player in the league stats come up, there's always a rogue one in there. Do you remember Big Soul Campbell always used to be in there? Yes. Oh, right. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Is that, uh, through averages or something. Or, yeah. I think it must, well, I yeah. think it might just be the top speed they hit when they're going full pelt or something for like a right, second okay. or whatever. But <laughs> I, I, just to go, just to go back to the, um, to the, uh, to the relegation picture, I, I wonder if there's any merit in suggesting given that the form Fulham have been in has actually been really poor, even though everyone's decided that they're actually quite good a team. Yeah. Um, mm. I wonder if we're actually looking boringly, as boring as it is to say, I wonder if we're actually looking at the bottom three just being the bottom three now. Oh, There's a big gap no. there. There's a big gap. No, no survival Sunday for us, sadly. <laughs> oh, well, you should talk to Jules Breach. She's amazing at uh, predicting things, isn't she? Apparently uh, so. Apparently so. Um, we, I did, we didn't show much mercy to Southampton earlier, but I think we could show a tiny bit of mercy to Newcastle because we let's just glance at them before we head to the break. They lost 2-1 to Crystal Palace. Um... Lots and lots of shots for Newcastle. Uh, you know, ultimately, they went 1-0 up. And Palace are very, very poor at coming from behind to win, but they, they managed to do it at St. James's Park. Pete, do you want to emit any kind of cries of, of joy or despair? <laughs> or just a told you so. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's, it, it, it's a little bit too late for some promising performances with plenty of shots on target. I mean, it was just... <laughs> I'm Bruce trying to help you out here, green mate. Shoots. I'm popping it in, green just, shoots and then we're going to scamper in... off to a break so we can all lie down <laughs> in a dark yeah, room. You know, <laughs> you can't, if you can't defend set paces, you need, you need points on the board, really. You're in the bottom three now, and you've got Southampton next. So, uh, the, 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 I think the story of the night there really made me laugh was the, the coach, Graham Jones. Obviously, um, a lot of Newcastle fans have putting a lot of stock in his his appearance and his arrival at St James's Park. And, and I, you know, I just thought, you know, cheap hire from from Gateshead, not no one doing anything with the team. Mm. Not called Steve, not exactly. Not Steve's, which probably, is Not issue. enough Steve's in the dugout. But I thought it was just a cheap hire that's just going to put the willies up um, up uh, up Steve Bruce. And he might walk and might won't have to pay whatever severance you do to a, a, a City and Gills level Premier League manager. But... <laughs> They, I've got a they city win. in Gills, I'm a bit of respect. <laughs> they, win, <laughs> they win a football match instead. They, they beat Everton. Yeah. Um, and, Graham, and Graham is in the, on the touchline shouting and telling players what to do. And Steve Bruce is cutting a very underwhelming figure. Like, hands in pockets, doesn't look like he's that interested. And so the next match against Palace, instead of going, oh, might be an idea to keep Graham in the dugout, he's been banished to the fucking stands. Yeah, get <laughs> out of here. <laughs> We don't, that is nonsense. Bruce, he's having none of it. He gets shoved to the stands. I love that. I think he, he, he managed to sort of make it down at one point, but it just made me laugh that just like, no, nope, we don't want... Well, I, can we be really slow in transition to give Palace time to regroup? Yeah. And you have gone up there. Pete, I like him saying to him, I like the idea of him saying to him, you can go up there until you start to learn how we do things around here. Thank you very much. Because that win was fucking unacceptable. That marking for Gary Cahill. I, I, I also, I like, I think by, by my calculations I think this is right and people can pull me up on it if the maths is slightly wrong but I think I'm right in saying that Newcastle went a goal ahead against a team and lost 2-1 from two goals 
Two league goals by two players who hadn't scored a league goal for a combined 11 seasons. I like it. Oh, that that is... is an amazing effort. That, that <laughs> is an amazing like snatch of defeat for the Jaws of Victory. And uh, by the way, has anyone checked on Roy Hodgson? Because he looked absolutely soaked. Bless he did, him. yeah. He looked very soggy, yeah. You've you got to be careful. Yeah, I think, I think... I mean, standing out in the rain for a couple of hours, you know, he's an older fella. We, you know, we, we like him. He seems like a lovely chap. Um, but he should not be standing out in that wet and cold for two hours. Someone <laughs> needs to check on him. I think it, we need to be responsible about this. I mm. think it's because he's had his COVID vaccination and after you do that, you uh, become radioactive. So he probably... Oh, right. Don't, that, right. We can't say that, Kate. That's an irresponsible <laughs> thing to say publicly. Just doesn't, goodness just doesn't need to be in by a heat source because he's just radiating out all of the is vaccine. He, is he like one of those pub patio heaters? Yes, exactly. <laughs> exactly. They make me sunburned. Um, All right. Wilf, Wilf Zaha went off injured as well, though. But um, yeah. Roy was very positive about him, so hopefully that'll be a, that'll be okay. Yeah, we always want to see Wilf Zaha play, or I certainly do when I'm watching Palace. All right, then two two one it was to Crystal Palace against Newcastle. I think some of us have suffered enough. Let's get to a break. I'm quite a placid guy. So he is, Roy Keane. Placid is exactly the word we'd use to describe him, wouldn't we, You should have him Lake Placid with that gigantic crocodile. That's probably more like it. I haven't, actually, unsurprisingly. No, OK. No. Not one for the list, you wouldn't no. say, Luke. No, oh, right. no, no, no. The pub- popular culture ent- entertainment list that you've built. Oh, yeah, if you're filling in all the different pigeonholes of your life, Kate, that, yeah. are, that mm. are empty for popular culture, yeah. I, don't, I don't think Lake Placid's going to be in there. Right. Uh, crocodile okay. Dundee. Yeah, crocodile right. Dundee, start with that. Exactly, mm. start That's not even got a crocodile in it, has it? It probably has. No. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, look You'd forward be annoyed to annoyed if it didn't. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> You're listening to Football Ramble, guys. Time to get to these. Just in the show footballramble.com. Right now, show Peter, this or Kate or Jules or Jim or Andy Luke. All my kids can read it out. Well done. And I've got an email from Ryan Lovejoy. Ryan, thanks for writing in. Southampton fan here. Oh, my God, we do have one. Luke, why have you not (laughs) frightened these people off? Listener to every show for about 10 years, but might give today a miss, seeing as Luke is on. Oh, sorry, mate. (laughs) Coward. You coward. You won't even hear your email. Anyway, I played a play-by-mail of the type Pete mentioned called M&E Sports as a child in the 90s. I was given Nottingham Forest. I guess it probably wasn't a parent-sanctioned activity because I used to wait until the nice, inattentive school bus driver was working to then save my pound coins and send them to the game. I used to get phone calls, oh no, from much older (laughs) men on the house landline, which is all rather dubious in retrospect. Yes, Ryan, it is. There was a scouse bloke who owned several teams and would often be on the blur trying to do a deal for Lars Bohinen or Steve Chettle or something at 11 at night. Yeah. Oh, my God. There should be a cut-off. Unwelcome. What's your cut-off? Back in the day, there was a cut-off for the landline. I'm pretty sure it was like 9.30pm. Yeah, surely. After that, it's emergency only. Last bit from Ryan. He says, um, if a player wasn't in the game, you could make your case to the creators to give him to you. I used to set cuttings from World Soccer magazine and I think I got Edmundo to the city ground this way. Remarkable. Remarkable, really, Ryan says, that I ended up married with a kid. Oh, congrats, (laughs) mate. Well, I'm glad it worked out in the end. A bit of self-deprecation at the end. 
Yeah. No. Not married to a kid, which we kind of <laughs> we would assume that that's how that story ended. <laughs> Oh my goodness me! He's not listening. He's already said he's not going to listen, so it doesn't matter. Yeah, it's fine. Absolutely doesn't matter. I, I think the more we learn about play by mail, the more problematic it becomes. Mm. And to me, it would be a tabloid scandal now because it just would be. Yeah. It would be ta- not tapping up. What do you call it? Grooming. Yeah, yeah, tapping were, up. It's a football version of grooming, really. Um, yeah, there was there was a guy, wasn't there, a couple of weeks ago? I think it was on the show that I wasn't on, but I heard where he said that like there was someone who didn't have a landline. So they used to walk up to the end of the street and go into the phone box. I mean, mm. it's crazy. I can remember my dad telling me that um, back in the day on our street that the police officer was given the house on the end because he had no landline in his house. Okay. And if they wanted to get a hold of him, they would ring the phone box because there was a phone box right next to his house. It's like, it's a fucking police. Just put a phone in this house. It's not that difficult. Like, <laughs> a police officer put a phone in his house. He's putting the cart before the horse, that. Yeah. That's a digression. I apologise. <laughs> It's all right. If you, I mean, it's, it's difficult these days, isn't it? Kids can just do the play-by-mail on, uh, well, it's just fantasy football. It's just on the apps. Would you let your yeah, kids exactly. have, have just have their little, you know, because they could be doing all sorts of dodgy stuff in there just yeah. easily. Play-by-mail is not the thing you need to be worried about. It's the last 10 years that only just happened to you, Kate. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> They're still happening. That's that's what you're here for, frankly. We're trying to work, trying to work it all out. Anyway, Ryan, thank you so much. I'm, well, I don't know why I'm thanking you because you're not listening, but... Thanks for listening most of the time. Uh, yeah. Email us, show at footballramble.com. We love to hear from you. Now, there was also a game at Molyneux that featured another two red cards. We didn't even really mention the second red in the Southampton game because it's just becoming so run-of-the-mill. <laughs> but the final score of this one, Wolves 2, Arsenal 1. Yeah. On the upside, I mean... There was an absolutely like glorious goal from Nicola Pepe that featured, I think, two nutmegs in the build-up. Um, the commentator that... was amazing on that goal. The co- I don't know if you heard it, but the commentator just went, Pepe has scored against all odds. And I was thinking, <laughs> he is a bit insulting. I mean, he's a forward player. I know we've all seen yeah. him play for Arsenal, but he costs a lot of money and he is an attacking player. I'm not sure it's against all odds. Yeah, I mean, the evening <laughs> probably, alas, wasn't for Arsenal fans, wasn't really about that. The, the other goal, actually, the winner was amazing as well. Glorious Jao Moutinho mm. strike from 30 yards out, zipping in off the Rabbit post. punched it, yeah. We yeah. love to see that kind of a goal. Um, I guess on the upside for Arsenal, that's the end of a seven-game unbeaten run. Pete. Yeah. So, so it's not all bad news. <laughs> um, can, can, I, yeah. can, I, can I just say that um, Burnt Leno, who Aww. you know challenged, challenged Jan Bedrack last night for the most surrealist interpretation of football mm. I've seen for a while, um, he, what was he doing? Like, Burnt Leno reminded me when he, when he got sent off last night, mm. I'd like, a really enthusiastic kid going paintballing for the first time, legging it out of the neutral zone like 100 miles an hour and getting instantly shot in the face <laughs> and, his, and, his, and his game being over. Like, Pete, uh, did, did you, you, obviously you saw it. What mm. is your interpretation of what he was trying to do there? I, I think he... I, I, as soon as he landed, I think he realised where he was. Because he, <laughs> yeah. cause, he cause clearly up. just kind of... He sort of leapt, he sort of leapt and, and sort of thought that if I don't touch the ground, the floor is lava, <laughs> they can't get me. And then he landed and I was like, that's too far away it's, and I've just done a punch. It's an amazing genre of footballer activity, the way footballers try to hide how they're obviously handballing it. <laughs> the, the classic is the Stephen Taylor. Do you remember when he, he made out like yeah, he'd been shot by he was a shot. But, but, Leno, yeah. but Leno, like, kind of, he... 
I think he. I mean, I, I think he took his medicine quite quite nicely. Really, I don't think he even really pretended yeah. after the after the referee started going. Hang on, what was what did you just do there? Yeah, and he was already walking. To be honest, he knew what he he knew what he'd done. Yeah, he gave it a little go, didn't he, to try and pull his arm into his body <laughs> and then do a sort of seal dive, like he'd come a very yeah. long way in the process of connecting with it with his sort of body but yeah I think you're right he was quite decent about it okay so if that <laughs> if that red card wasn't controversial the first one do we consider that to be controversial David Louise with his nippy little red no it wasn't controversial because as we all know uh, VAR has eliminated controversy from refereeing decisions <laughs> and so I don't yeah, think there's um, anything to worry about there I mean, I very much enjoyed um, ESPN's coverage where Frank LaBeouf was just making the noise. I don't know. Yeah. Uh, in his, in his, and he was just in his. <laughs> and it was nice to sort of see his little cinema room. He's got this cinema room, and and and, and he stood in front of a poster. Remember, he was in a couple of films back in the day. So did you watch this um, game at Frank LaBeouf's house? <laughs> and Shaki Hislop as well. He was in front of a big Newcastle United crest, and I very much enjoyed that as well. Look, I know that rule is there not to double punish the player, but good God, if he tries to get the ball, he gets a yellow. If he doesn't try and get the ball, he gets a red. It's, it's yeah, I know what you mean. Insane, isn't that, it? That, and I think that is, that is partly <laughs> what they talked about on BT last night as well with the other game. Mm. I mean, because you had Craig Porson in this game, you had Mike Dean in the other game. I couldn't have asked for a better referee than Mike Dean on that game because I mean, he will he will make things worse. You know, Mike Dean's a fine ref. He's okay. Like he's one of the he's one of the okay refs, I think. But he will unquestionably and the stats back me up on this, not to go back to this game for too long, but he will make <laughs> things worse. I, I don't think I don't think anyone's ever sent off more players than Mike Dean in Premier League history. I mean someone could check that. Mm. Yeah, do you remember Great there was Porson. kind of big fanfare when he reached his hundredth thread? Right, that's, of course there was. That's right. Yeah, I think we might I think have a the more complicated, the more complicated the, the, the rules get, I think you just have more capacity to send players yeah, off. Yeah, and that's what I was going to say. And he and he is up for it. Yeah, he is. Yeah, he, <laughs> he, he is equal to that task. He knows yeah. every single last one of those rules. He's uh, he's um, he's at your house before you've even finished inviting him to a house party on the phone. Mm, the doorbell exactly. goes. Yeah. He, he will he will involve himself as much as possible. And Craig Porson is quite understated in my experience. Yeah, he was still interpreting it this way and obviously he had to send Leno off but the Luis thing is, is fascinating to me precisely for what the reason Pete said like you, you have to you have to get to a point where you have to say okay we can criticise referees and we can take the piss out of them when we like and we do mm. but what's the referee supposed to do there you know he's, mm. he's the laws are the laws the referees you know they have a say in it but they don't draw the laws up themselves and then they get VAR to support them and VAR tells them another thing, and they get to look at the monitor, and they don't really know which way to go. It's, it's, I, I thought last night, really, I thought Louise did clip him, and I think you know by the letter of the law that's a red card because as Pete's already alluded to, he's not he's not attempting to play the ball. Uh, it's denial of an obvious goal scoring opportunity. But I just think we've got ourselves in such a state about this. I I don't think football has to be this complicated. That's my overwhelming feeling every time we go through these types of things. There's, mm. I don't think it ever used to be this complicated, and I don't think it needs to be. How but what needs this? to happen is, by the way, they need to go into AO.com and everyone at Arsenal needs to get their head in the fucking gigantic freezer because <laughs> that, that last night was an absolute self-destruction. Yeah, that was, and also from the perspective of David Luiz, I mean, how much do you think the David Luiz-ness of him influenced the ease with which that decision was made to give a red card? I don't know if referees... I, I, yeah, I, I kind of hear that argument, but I don't know if I'm personally convinced by that. I, 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 I think, if anything, it, could go, it kind of self-writes. It can go the other way, Yeah, OK. Yeah. Anyway, it's uh, it was it was it was a poor result for Arsenal. 
because uh, Wolves, I think, and they yeah, they could. Oh be man, other Wolves must be ecstatic today yeah. because they yeah. were getting they were mm. Arsenal were all over them for the first half. Oh, Saka and, should have had two early oh doors. Oh my goodness! And struck the post as yeah. well. Some absolutely Wolves haven't been good. That's the point, right? Well, Wolves are good from a relic. I'm. I mean. Questions we've been discussing the relegation battle earlier in the first half, and of course there is a big gap. But in terms of form and drop off, and and the way we've talked spoke to him about this already, and of course they had that terrible situation with Raúl Jiménez, and that's that seems to have had a, an effect that's been yeah. psychological on the whole team. Um, but anyway, so yeah, I've actually been quite concerned about because I love watching Wolves, and last season I love watching them and the way that they're so stable and they seem to all know their jobs and they yeah. all communicate in this beautiful way. Um, so yeah, you know, nice to see them get a win, but frankly, Arsenal must Mikel Arteta must just be raging, Pete. Yeah, and and, and I think that you know it's, it's 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 easy, particularly when you do a daily football show, to read into every different result. Um, and so I wonder whether last night was just one of those things, two red cards, you know, can what are you happen. Do? Yeah, yeah, but but you do feel like Arteta. I I personally feel like from the outside looking in that Arteta is still fighting against this kind of culture. Um, mm. and, and to me, I don't want to try and be Roy Keane and, and controversial <laughs> about it for the sake of it, because I'm also a very placid guy. Um, <laughs> it, but but there's an excuse-making culture at that club, I think, and there has been for a while. And I think Arteta's made some inroads towards it, but it's a big job, really big job. So you know, maybe this thing's going to happen every so often. I, I just don't think Wolves have... Uh, well, ev- yeah, everyone would agree, I'm sure. I don't think Wolves have been that good. So, I mean, for, to, no. go, to go ahead and to, to implode like that would be very, very disappointing. Yeah. Okay. Someone who always takes responsibility for his actions is is a gentleman. I want to turn to now, uh, if you'll indulge me, guys. Andre Villas-Boas. I think there should be a tribute <laughs> corner for him, because um, I, I know Jim has designed his whole new look in homage to to the great man. And <laughs> yeah. the excellent news is that he is ready and free now, pretty much to to return to the Premier League and delight Luke with his with his attributes. Marseille manager no more. He can come in and I don't know take the reins at Spurs when Jose finally ends up in a punch up with Deli Ali. Um, the reason he's a free agent. Is because he's driven himself out of Marseille, Pete. Um, I don't, did you see? Mm. He says, uh, "I didn't. I don't want any money. I just want to leave." Um, <laughs> <laughs> that's in his pre-match press conference ahead of their league on game at Lens tonight. I am already yeah. very wealthy, so don't worry about the money. <laughs> well, he was he was suspended in China when he left for an explosive press conference where he uh, where he th- I didn't threaten the referee but he said that the referees and, and, and the league were against his team um, and so and then he left he never came back so I mean what next for, for, for AVB I don't know but like Marseille only employed managers for like two years really <laughs> that's all you get with Marseille I know Rudy Garcia almost got to three and then buggered off their rivals but I think AVB just suddenly went oh I'm fire I'm late I need to leave now. <laughs> it's not it was not Nacho Gonzalez-esque though wasn't it when Kevin King got really angry when uh, Dennis Wise signed uh, Nacho yes. Gonzalez yeah it was it was massively like that because the trigger <laughs> so yeah guys sorry the trigger is supposed to be that this new signing Olivier Nietzsche uh, came in and AVB's like I didn't want this guy what are you, what are you doing I don't mm. think you're good uh he's pish is that what he said i think he's pish no he, he didn't say that it was it was it was it was like it was someone online that said that but he, he didn't say that oh it's on Nietzsche's wikipedia page sorry yeah, yeah, yeah. i've misremembered right. someone's right. updated the wikipedia page i love the idea of maybe saying say that <laughs> yes. i speak loads of languages including scottish um, <laughs> but he, he the best thing you guys have picked up on the best thing about the press conference is he kept saying about Nietzsche. 
Well, he's not on the list. He wasn't on the list. It, it, it reminded me exactly of when I get sent to the shop with a list, come back, and all I've bought was a load of biscuits, and my wife just continually says to me, they weren't on the list. They weren't on the list. And at no point does Villas Boas think about this player, okay, I mean, he's at, he's, we've signed him, so he's part of the squad now. What's the, what are the rest of the players going to think if that's how I react about a certain player I don't like? He's just like, no, I'm going nuclear here, pressing the button, I'm out of here, I'm going. And I also think that it speaks more widely to AVB's kind of attitude about life, because as we've seen before, he's done loads of stuff outside of football. He's quite an urbane guy, right? He likes to do lots of different things. I think it's quite refreshing because it shows that he's not even thought that this might count against me in my next job. Like the next person <laughs> to hire me might think, I don't know if I want a bit of that. He seems a bit volatile. He doesn't care. It's fantastic. More, more managers should do that. I want to go. Let me just, just let me go. It's amazing. <laughs> But on the other hand, Olivia Nietzsche must think, like, fuck me, I've got a lot of influence here. I can yeah. do, mm. How am I going to use my power? Shall I use it for good or evil? I can just turn up to a club and, and oust the manager. Yeah, I, 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 th- <laughs> I think he... he uh, <laughs> will he use it for good or evil? Hopefully both. Hopefully yeah. have a bit of, a bit of, a bit of both. Um, I, it'll be interesting to see what AVB does next. I like, I'd like the idea of him back in the Premier League, but I don't really know where he'd, uh, where he'd rock up. It certainly won't be... Uh, Pete Donaldson's Newcastle United, sadly. <laughs> Why'd you say that? I think he could fit in a treat. I can imagine he'd be very uh, Not called Steve. diplomatic with all of the hierarchy. What do you reckon, mm. Pete? You backing him? And- Andres Stevis Bosch. I'll take it. <laughs> uh, the other thing that's been going on out in France is this slightly bizarre situation with the French TV bids. They don't, Ligue 1 don't have any. Uh, anybody to show their games because there's some sort of situation to do with people not paying enough money to show them or people not wanting to show them. Um, It's the sort of thing that you should listen to Thursdays on the continent for over on Football Ramble Presents uh, because, you know, your man Brassel will be able to explain it in greater and more beauteous depth than any of us could. Is that fair? No, I think it's absolutely fair. (laughs) I don't even know if that word you used there is actually a word, but it's still summed up... um, (laughs) Brassel's contributions. I think that's great. Which? Beauteous. Beauteous is a word, Luke. Good. I'm, well, I've I'm learned so- something today, haven't I? I'm sorry I, no one's I, ever said beauteous to you before. <laughs> I thought Jan Bednarak's performance last night was beauteous. OK, you don't know the context. <laughs> no, I don't. I have no idea. I'm just guessing. <laughs> is it like a be- bo- beauteous call? Like a booty call? Yeah, yeah a little bit. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, right. I've just learned it, Pete. You tell me. If Pete and I... Yeah. If I do a boot... A, beauteous call to Pete yes Mm. what's going to happen it's just going to be very beautiful okay right he's not going to turn up stinking of premium strength lager I don't know (laughs) with his best shirt on I don't know how Pete likes to woo you but what would you say Pete that would be for him Um, to say I think Amel and uh, restraints. Yeah. Let's move on. And that's what I like. That's what I like. Um, Pete likes to woo me by sending me photos of things he's bought off the internet, including, more recently, uh. a fuel gauge from a Ghanaian Boeing aircraft. I did, yeah. Yeah, it's, uh, it, it's a lovely bit of work. I, I love, I, I love when people start like just take apart air, aircraft and then stick all the, the the crap on eBay, and I go, mm, maybe I do need an oil gauge for a Boeing seven four seven. Maybe I do need one. Is it Pete? Is it like a an ornament, or what's the purpose of it for you? I mean, it's. it's I mean, if hey, I'm, you've misread this situation. It's, the purpose of it. What are you talking about? I call it. 
it's statement of intent. It's <laughs> so step it's the one first for part Donaldson Airways. Of your airline. Oh, yeah. this yeah. is a big day. This <laughs> is a big games. day. Yeah. Um, We've broken ground. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, and we can celebrate it by watching uh, shitloads more football tonight. There are five games in the Premier League to pick from, including Burnley going up against Manchester City, uh, Fulham against Leicester. Those are the two early kickoffs, and you can wrap your evening wrap your e- evening up with uh, yeah. Liverpool up against Brighton as well. So. Should be some pretty delicious stuff. Um, Pep said after the Sheffield United game at the weekend that it was freezing and windy and it was one of the toughest games he was going to play that season. Up to Burnley he goes. Let's see how that one turns out. I think they'll probably win, Kate. (laughs) (laughs) And that's why you're such a high-quality football pundit with such a lot of fans, Luke. A quick reminder, guys, listeners, drop us a five-star review on Apple Pods if you're enjoying the ramble. All right, then. Luke, nine stars for you. Lovely to see you this morning. Ah, now you're talking. (laughs) Now you are talking. Very good. I'll see what you've done there. Nice to see you, Pete. See you later. Catch you later. Tomorrow on the show, it is Jules, Fish and Jim. Don't miss it. See you then. This was a Stakhanov production and part of the ACAST Creative Network.